Welcome to the VPR Cafe. I'm Rick Singeri. The idea of farmers diversifying their offerings is not a new one, but it is always interesting to hear how a farm puts the concept into practice. Melissa Passanin is a freelance journalist and contributor to the food section of Seven Days, and she's here to tell us about a farm doing just that. Melissa, great to have you back at the VPR Cafe. Always great to be here, Rick. Thanks. We're talking about Gateway Farm in Bristol. The couple who now own it seem to have been born to farm. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say that literally they were. They both grew up on farms, a young couple, Trent and Abby Rollo. And as Trent put it, we went to school for it. We've done it our whole lives. Abby grew up on dairy farms in both Weybridge and Shoreham, and Trent's family owns a diversified farm and maple operation in Lincoln. They met going to sort of neighboring high schools, and Trent went on to earn degrees in dairy farm management and diversified ag from Vermont Technical College. Um, They got married when Abby was in her third year of a really neat program, I think, called the Farms 2 Plus 2 program. So it's two years at VTC, Vermont Technical College, followed by two years at UVM. So she studied dairy farm management at VTC and then graduated from UVM with a bachelor's in community development and applied economics and minor in animal science. And she says, you know, we both always knew we wanted to own our own farm. We just had to figure out how to make it work. (laughs) Therein lies the rub. How did they wind up with the Gateway Farm? So it's sort of a a great story. As a senior um, at UVM, Abby had to develop and present a realistic business plan. So she and Trent had seen that the Vermont Land Trust was looking for an agricultural buyer of a former dairy farm in the Bristol Flats area. It was 45 acres of tillable land and a sugar bush. Hadn't been worked as a farm for many years. And it sort of worked for them conceptually. Um, Abby said, animals are my passion. Trent loves maple. The seasonal workload of sugaring followed by raising animals on pasture worked well together. So she worked for um, months with her mentor, the late Professor Bob Parsons at UVM. And then part of this project is that you present it as a real-life business plan potential to a series or panel of loan officers. And as she put it, seven out of the eight kind of just laughed at me. Um, They said it wasn't realistic, too much work on the couple's part, and they didn't have enough money budgeted. But there was one panelist, a loan officer, who happened to know both of the families and had known both Abby and Trent since they were little. I think it's a really good illustration of the different ways that people might have assets that they don't even realize they have. And that loan officer said, huh, you know what? I know you guys. You know how to work hard. You know what you're getting into. And he ended up writing them their first loan for that same property about six months later. Did everything go as planned once they took over? Oh, does it ever? (laughs) Well, so they bought the farm in 2014. And Abby says, you know, startup in general is just challenging. You know, you have all these great intentions, but everything costs money. Another thing that I think they knew, but it really hits you 
as you mentioned, there are a lot of small farms out there trying to do diversified ag. And she said, you really have to stand out. They have uh, been cultivating a variety of grass-fed animals. They have beef, these beautiful British white cows. They're very distinctive. And that's actually one of the reasons that Abby picked them. She said she loves their markings and she's quote unquote obsessed with them. But mm. they're white and they have very dark inside of ears and eyes and nose. Like They kind of look like I don't know not a koala in face but they're just they're very eye-catching and that they're on 116 so a lot of people are driving by and seeing that so one of the ways they stand out so they have the beef they have pork uh, they have laying uh, a laying flock and meat birds um, they set 8,500 maple taps on their own property, and they got their sugaring operation up and their own sugar house open two seasons ago in 2018. And while doing that, they also have three kids (laughs) under the age of five and a half. Yes, it's working, but yes, it's a juggle. This is the VPR Cafe. I'm Rick Singeri, and with me today is freelance food writer and Seven Days contributor Melissa Pasadin. We're discussing Gateway Farm in Bristol. Melissa, this diversification is working, you said? Yeah, they have 80 layers, 80 laying chickens. That's a lot of eggs, and they are able to sell all of those eggs through the farm stand that they have at the end of their driveway. Again, I mentioned it was on 116, so good traffic there. Similarly, beef, pork, lamb, chicken, and seasonal turkeys. They're selling their own maple syrup, and they're making candy. And they have a really interesting, slightly different uh, syrup that they're producing. Folks may have heard of birch syrup. And I brought a little jug, and Rick is going to taste that so he can tell you how it's different, in his own words, from maple. But that actually runs at the end and after maple syrup season. It requires more even temperature, 50 degrees day and night, than maple. So they can make more use of their sugaring facility. What do you think of that? Wow. So the smell is um, really robust. It's a little thinner uh, than your maple syrup, but the taste has a really interesting, at times almost acrid taste, but um, I would use that in certain things. It could really work well yeah, in I, certain dishes. Yeah, acrid Maybe a slightly more appealing way to put that, kind of a lightly bitter and tannic taste. Mm -hmm. It's more savory is how Abby describes it. I actually think it has a little bit of citrus to it. Yeah. I love it because I like things that have a little sweet but more on the tart, sour kind of side. Abby uses it a lot in marinades. And then in the summer, they also sell some their own local corn and some strawberries. So they're continuing to diversify through that farm stand. One lesson they've learned is the need for help from family, friends, and even strangers. So last year, Trent does some timber frame projects for others around his farm responsibilities. A friend said, oh, I have a friend who's interested in maybe a timber frame project with you, Trent. Can I bring him over? So they brought this guy over and showed him around. And then later, uh, Abby says, we were telling another friend, oh, this guy Ben Cohen came over to look at Trent's timber framing. And the friend goes... Like Ben Cohen, like the Ben Cohen, and they were like, huh? And yes, indeed, it was Ben of Ben and Jerry's, but Abby and Trent like didn't recognize him. So this year, they were planning Maple Open House Weekend. Um, they said to Ben, you know, any idea of how we can get bulk vanilla ice cream to serve Trent's favorite vanilla ice cream with warm, just boiled maple syrup? And Ben said, 
yeah, I'll bring it and I'll scoop for you. So there was Ben and he even brought Jerry with him one day scooping ice cream for maple syrup. What a great story. Yeah. Melissa Passanen is a freelance journalist and contributor to the food section of Seven Days. Melissa, thanks for joining us again at the VPR Cafe. Always fun to chat, Rick.